the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffled Podcast, Episode 17. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Why, hello, my friend. So it feels, uh, I feel not quite home yet. You know what I mean? Like that in between. Oh, yeah. We're just like a little disjointed. <laughs> yeah. Headlights, sort of. Yeah. It feels like, what's what's on my list? What do I got to do today? And you're it. Uh-huh. Like you're my, I, you're, you're how I'm starting it. So um, what's going on with you? I feel like we haven't uh, talked in a little bit. Uh, yeah. I am still, well, you know, I, I hate to say that I'm trying to get through summer because that is not uh, emotional sobriety. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Talk to me. I'll be your therapist here. You go ahead. I'm not going to judge you. Um, I'm trying to enjoy my summer and and, and, and success and having some success. Uh, You know, some things are, um, it's a very hard We've talked about this before. As a mom uh, with your kids home, for the most part, um, you have your regular old mom things to do. Um, uh, you know, domestic things to do, for lack of a better word. And uh, also um, kind of being responsible for entertaining the children and making sure they're having a fun summer um, while also maintaining all that other stuff that's just mine, um, which includes um, work for money. (laughs) That also includes work for joy and, um, you know, and then just self-care. It's very hard to juggle it all. And... I think it does feel like a juggle. It's never a balance. It's mostly a juggle. Yeah. And um, sometimes it feels sort of effortless, and then sometimes it it it's um, it's a workout. <laughs> so that's that's my summer in a nutshell, and those are my last few summers in a nutshell. Um, and you know I feel it all no longer numb so just feeling it all yeah there's a um I I don't have Grady is my son is 14 and so he is sleeping a little bit later in the morning I'm not having um you know to get up and feed him and make sure he's dressed or anything like that I mean I do have to still make sure of a few things like brush your teeth but (laughs) I don't have to um, caretake him like I used to because he is getting older. However, there's all of these things of motherhood and creativity and, and work, like you said, that 
re, re, we have to reshuffle it in the summertime. If there's a new order or something, or there, I'm trying to get a new order, and I'm sure I'll get it by the end of summer, mm-hmm. and then it won't be summer anymore. All right. <laughs> yeah, and so I'm looking at the things like tonight. I, I have the great honor and privileges, how I feel, of taking care of my best friend Casey's kids. They're coming out, and you know she passed away. I've talked about on the show earlier this year. And so her husband is letting the boys fly out by themselves to stay with me for 10 days. And I love that. And I'm looking forward to it. But it's um, that's three children in my 900-square-foot house. That, that'll be five mm-hmm. humans that are here until their father arrives with one bathroom mm-hmm. and three teenage mm-hmm. boys. You know, So I'm like, hmm, this, this is, I don't think I have enough food in the house for all of this to happen. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> So I appreciate we're trying to do some podcasts today, record a few, get ahead of the game um, so that I can be fully present for that because I can already tell I'm um, I'm more worried about logistics. That's kind of where I go and how is this going to happen. And um, I really do want to be present for the time that they're here. And yeah. um, that's going to be my, like you said, there's probably no balance, but that's going to be my juggling act to try to um, not control the universe and really enjoy it. Yeah, and I think it's that that's a it's a perfect segue into our what we're going to talk about today, which is gratitude, because I think the the way you get there is having gratitude for for what's happening instead of future tripping into uh, expectations or you know and and how those often are disastrous scenarios that we make up in our head of how hard it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. We, you, we talk about future tripping. You're right. That that's, um, when I do that, that's when I feel uneasy. Mm-hmm. That's when I'm not at peace. That's, that's not what, that's when things are a little, uh, uneven for me is when I start mm-hmm. thinking about the future. And um, right, when you start thinking, yeah, when you start future tripping and thinking about, Oh my God, it's going to be so hard. I'm not going to have a moment to myself. I'm <laughs> going to experience anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. And, and instead of taking a moment to think about, um, how lucky you are to be able to, uh, spend a couple of weeks with your best friend's kids. Absolutely. And I, I think, I mean, what we really wanted to focus on the show today was just the, the practice of having gratitude and while we're not experts on that, I definitely have a lot of personal experience in recovery with that. And I know you do too. And um, I think that's kind of the foundation mm-hmm. of this show, this episode that we wanted to talk about today. And a couple tools that we use to how to, how to get there, how we cultivate that. Um, but yeah, I, I think for me, I used to want to um, be happy. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about that a little bit about gratitude versus happiness. Um, And that for me, I don't know, my goal was always to be happy. Like, I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy. I don't feel that way in sobriety or in my recovery. And now now that I'm sober, I feel like there's so many other things that I want to be. And happy mm-hmm. isn't really one of my goals. It's it's I want to no. be you know content. I want to be safe. Content is the word I've used to replace. Oh. Content is the new happy. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. 
Yeah, I want to be fulfilled or I want to be more patient. I want to be kind to others. But um, yeah, happiness is the total byproduct of me kind of working my recovery. That's where I've um, um, landed, you know, that that's good enough for me, that I don't need to be happy all the time. I wouldn't want to be happy all the time, actually. Not to be like Debbie Downer, but if I was happy all the time, then I would have nothing to learn from or I wouldn't have any experiences to push off from. Right. And nor would you really be able to gauge it, I don't think, because you have nothing to compare it to. You know, there's if there's no contrast in your life, yeah. um, you, you have it's hard to gauge what is happy anyway if you don't ever experience times where you're um, not happy. Well, I <laughs> or, feel like it's a moment, right? Like I can mm-hmm. have a happy moment or a good laugh or, you know, I can it's like a it's like a fleeting moment, but it's not one that I'm chasing anymore. Where I think is when I was when I was drinking, um, I wanted to be happy all the time. So that's the quickest way I could quote unquote get there, right? Like the good time girl. I'm happy. It's mm-hmm. fun. And that just felt mm-hmm. super empty to me, you know? Yeah, it doesn't have a lot of substance. Mm-mm. So so gratitude, yeah, finding um Finding gratitude for me along this journey has been uh, a definite practice. And I think I've shared um, on a past episode, but I'm going to go ahead and just revisit it since this is the episode that we're talking about. But um, my sponsor encouraged me to have a gratitude practice and to make a list every day, you know, 30 items for 30 days, which I thought was just really hard thing for her to ask me. And I really resisted doing it. And I thought Mm -hmm. people who made lists like that had total judgment about it. I thought those people that I had, who were they? I have no idea, but you know, that was dumb. That was, why would you do that? It just seemed like bragging to me. Well, let me interject for a second because I heard this in the rooms once that gratitude is an action Mm. and that, um, that, that's exactly what that is. Physically sitting down and making a list is taking an action. Um, you know, showing up to a meeting or calling a friend or all of those things um, are gratitude. Those things are gratitude in action, right? I didn't think about it like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By by jotting it down on paper, right? By committing. So it's not it out just a brain. feeling. It's not just a feeling. It makes it more um, accessible. It's not just some. It, ephemeral sort of feeling that other people experience and I don't even, you know, those, you know, that those people experience. <laughs> <laughs> right. It, it makes it more of a, because it's an action, I, I can take an action. Um, that's how I got sober. And so that made it um, something accessible to me. Yeah, it's, it became, um, you're right, it's, it kind of emptied the contents of my mind onto a piece of paper. That was an action I was taking. I was rereading it. I was meditating on my life while I was doing it. It was it started having all of these other things than just, oh, that's just a dumb list. No, it actually was, it was a lot more than that. And it was like all of the work that I do, it was, um, I could physically see it written down on a piece of paper and I don't know, it became really important to me, that practice. And mm-hmm. um, when she 
you know, when she asked me to do that, of course, you know, you, I do it because one of the questions she first asked me as my sponsor was, you know, are you willing to go to any lengths? And what if I ask you to do something, are you willing to go to any lengths to, to stay sober and to do the work? And I agreed to that. And mm-hmm. I think that was so important that she asked me that and that she would remind me that she asked me that <laughs> when I would balk at something. Right. Because she's like, oh, I can't do that. I've never done that. I'm not that person. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, contempt, contempt. It's not for me. Yeah, that's, it's not for me. Doesn't that's work for me. me. That's not me. I like, no. I love to say that. <laughs> <laughs> right. But then that's, you know, can it be you for 30 days? Yeah. Try well, it on. Okay. Try it. Right on. And because I was willing to do it for 30 days, I mean, I've done a list every single day since December 10th, 2015. So clearly, <laughs> I don't think it's so dumb anymore. Right. And I, um, I, have, I have my own story around why that practice works, you know, and how, that, how I cultivated that and tailored it for, to work for me. And it wouldn't, maybe that's not for everybody, but her asking me to do that tapped into my list making abilities. It tapped into (laughs) pen and paper, which I love. And it tapped into proof of life. I have these lists that are like proof of my recovery journey. And my lists illustrate that in a way um, that I didn't have to write a story or sit at my computer and write every single day because I won't I won't do that. That's not my style. Um, but somehow of, of kind of communing with myself over tea or coffee in the morning and sitting down and writing a list, there's something that's kind of magic for me in that little formula. And, um, I had to cultivate that. I had to practice that. Do -hmm. you do a list, Sandra? Do you, what's your practice around that? I would say that I include my gratitude in my morning prayer and meditation every morning and I have that is one thing I've consistently done for the past three years um so uh and then I uh because you started our gratitude circle um then I try to make it more intentional by writing it down and sometimes I miss days but I try to write them down every day um, in our gratitude circle. And when I do that, um, it helps me actually see it again. It makes gratitude in action. And then it actually, you know, there's something about laying it out before your eyes and, um, and then kind of presenting it as a gift to other mm-hmm. people in the group. There's, Thing about that exchange that um, kind of takes it up another notch. And I don't know why it works, <laughs> but it always it kind of flips a switch for me. Um, when you share it or when you read others, both. Yeah, both things. The give and the take of of the experience. I, I agree. So when we, I was going to share with um, our listeners about our gratitude um, circle because a couple of people have asked me on social media. And when I have talked to women in the rooms about it, you know, how does it work? How does that work for you? How do you start one? How do you do it? So if it's okay, I was just going to kind of, and please help correct me or jump in um, like how we did it. But 
so my, my sponsor had asked me to be part of a gratitude circle with her sponsor and some ladies. And I didn't know any of the women. So I was new to the rooms and um, I knew my sponsor. Um, and the things I was writing, you know, they were pretty personal that I was grateful for. I mean, in the beginning, it was pretty rudimentary. It was more like, you know, I'm grateful for a roof over my head and food in the fridge. And I woke up sober and my life, you know, and I would fill in some basic things. But over the course of time, it started getting more personal, the things that I would share. And I didn't know all the women, to be perfectly honest, and that's what I want to be about it. I didn't know all the women in that circle, and I didn't know that I wanted to share with all of them. Um, I, I felt like it was a, I, sh I wanted to know them better, yet I was too afraid to know them better. So, so mm -hmm. they were just email addresses to me. And that, I'm sure they were all in the rooms, but I didn't know. And so I didn't like that kind of anonymous. I wanted to know the women that I was going to be sharing my lists with. And so I backed out of that circle after about four months and decided, well, I could form my own with women that I know. And I think I reached out to you. That was the first time I think I reached out to you and uh, a few other ladies. And we formed, I think in the beginning it was about maybe, I don't know, six or seven of us. And it bloomed to about 12. And then it kind of came back down. I think we're at nine or 10 now. I'm not even really sure. Um, but basically it started off as an email chain, right? Like we just, right. we just, I would start the day with the date and share my list. And then everybody would reply all throughout the day. And if people wanted to drop out, we get at the first of every month, I would say, hey, if anybody wants to opt out, feel free at the first of the month to say, it's not for me. Or if we wanted to add people. That was really, the, I didn't want it to be too complicated and I didn't want to, um, yeah, I just wanted for, that we could show up, share our lists, read everybody else's lists and move on with our day. Well, and let's talk, let's mention too that everybody's list shows up a little differently too. Yeah. Like instance you illustrate your list in your journal and then photograph it mm -hmm. and add that and some of the other women do that where and then some women um just type it out it's mm -hmm. yeah so everybody contributes their list however they see fit that day yeah and i think for me when i opted out of the prior group that i was in that was a really wonderful lesson for me in early recovery, to opt out of something with no hard feelings, mm -hmm. with um, telling the truth about why I wanted to opt out. Um, and I don't think that I told the whole truth. I just was truthful saying, I don't want to be part of this group anymore. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate you guys. And I opted out. I'd never really done that before. I'd always felt guilty. I didn't show up or I told a story. Or, or you felt like you needed to, yeah, give some long soliloquy explanation where you just need to go, well, you know, I'm yeah. just, I'm good. I'm, I'm just going to opt out. It's not for me. And yeah. that I found I could say that. So that practicing that in that, in that situation helped me practice that in other areas of my life. Oh, I don't have to give all these reasons. I can just opt out. Right. You and don't if, have to show up for every party you're invited to, <laughs> you know? What? Sandra, you don't have to give me any any excuses as to why you're not yeah and so I learned a lot from that experience and so I'm I'm grateful for that first group of letting me feel it out figure out how it goes and then that I could go start one with you ladies 
And um, but people have come and gone from our group in the, in the same fashion. And I encourage people, like, if it's not for you and you join and you realize, I, I thought I could do it every day. I don't want to do it every day. Or I don't do it every day. I do it when I, when the, when I feel grateful that people do that. Like, everyone gets to do their own thing. And I feel mm-hmm. like it's definitely a lesson in how to move through the world, that you can do that at the grocery store. You can do that at the PTA meeting. You can do that. You can you can move through the world how you want to and, and be authentic and be real. And, Mm -hmm. and I, um, so I appreciated that. And so our group has been together, gosh, like a year and a couple of months or a year and a few months. And we've since moved Mm -hmm. it to Facebook to a secret Facebook page now where we do that. So we don't have so many emails filling up our inbox. And I didn't know how I was going to feel about that, Sandra, but I kind of like it. Yeah. I like it too. I, 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 the, the switch was pretty seamless for me. I like yeah. it. Yeah. And so it's all there and you can go revisit old lists if you've, if you've been out of town for a few days or, you know, add your list, but yeah, it's, it's been a great way to connect. The point you were making earlier about reading other people's lists, like that's where I started going, oh, this, this practice is not just about me writing a list. This is me gleaning right. other people's experiences and finding gratitude in my own life based on how they view life. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Did I say that right? Like there's a no, no. And I'll give a really perfect example of that about this time. Uh, my daughter kept getting lice. Um, we just get rid of it. Like it would be gone for two or three weeks. And then I guess it would just blossom again. <laughs> My way of talking about lice. And um, so I you know, really could have thrown myself the hugest pity party about this because if you've, you know, never had to deal with lice before, it's such a pain. And my daughter had really long hair and she didn't want to cut it. And it just kept coming back. But at the same time, your friend Casey's cancer had come back at that point, I think. And um, just reading your lists helped me formulate my gratitude that week because you know it was like well this is just lice my gosh i i think i can handle this Hmm. um and that only came from you know reading your list because i never would have been grateful for lice (laughs) (laughs) that's funny because when you wrote a list about lice (laughs) you wrote you i mean if we're since you're willing to share this you wrote about um being grateful you had a washer and a dryer a working washer and dryer because um, I know you have to do a ton of laundry yeah. when your kid gets lice. And ha- that that's how you looked at it? Uh-huh. So, and I was like, wow. Yeah, I have a working washer and dryer. I have hot water. There, were, So it just starts framing it. You know, you can, you can take what I found is that, I mean, this isn't all the time true, but when I find that I'm having my darkest times, I can find gratitude so fast now. And I think it's mm-hmm. because of this practice. And I think mm-hmm. that's why it's important in recovery is to um, be able to dig deep. Actually, you don't have to dig that deep when, when you're in a hard place, right? When, my, when, when Casey was sick and dying, I could write a list like nobody's business. I found beauty and gratitude in the simplest things. Mm-hmm. And it helped me get rid of all of the big things that were just really you're bothered because you couldn't get a parking spot or that person cut you off what oh yeah (laughs) no no everything just slowed down 
mm-hmm. and became a focus. Well, it keeps you out of a out of a vic, you know, in out of victimhood. Um, because I, you know, forever thought that, you know, I was the victim of my circumstances. Things happened to me. Life happened to me. And um, stopping and finding the gratitude in my day gets me out of that place. And, and by cataloging it on paper, that's not where it stops for me. And I don't think for you either, right? Like you, you take it throughout your day. So I may have jotted down a list this morning and sometimes I do it first thing before I've even had a full day. So I've either, you know, I'm commenting on the day before I'm realizing how, you know, I appreciate that I have the house to myself in the morning. I appreciate that I have enough. I'm Mm -hmm. always grateful that I have enough. That's something I like to put on my list. But when I'm done, you know, doing my list and sharing it, I go walk out into the world and then I, I can't help but notice things that I'm grateful for throughout the day. For sure. It shifts yeah. something in my mind that, you know, I'm grateful that I have a small post office in town. It's only open for five hours and that you could be annoyed by that. But instead, how lucky am I that I have a post office where I can correspond with people and connect with a, a woman in my community? I mean, it's like everything. It just starts blooming and not to sound all Pollyanna, right. but it's just like, you can't help but take it throughout your day when you start this kind of a practice. And that's what I think shifts for well, again, it, it just using, yeah, using that, just what you gave as a hard example, um, you know, it takes you out of being a victim of your post office only being open for five hours to, <laughs> you know, wow, I've got this great little post office that I can go check in with, you know, five hours a day and, send a package anywhere in the world. How cool is that? Mm -hmm. And sometimes I get Tom White's mail in my mailbox, in my post office box. (laughs) Well, and how cool is that? (laughs) I just want to say, I mean, I don't get upset that the mail is in the wrong post office box. No. Now I got his address. I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to jot down his PO box when I send him a letter, (laughs) which I'm going to do, Sandra. But yeah, it is, it starts flipping, flipping the situation to where you can, you know, and, and that, I think, is uh, we've talked about and I've shared grace over drama, that mantra of God, G-O-D. When I choose grace over drama, that flips a story for me. And that has what's helped with my gratitude list. Like, instead of being dramatic about how horrible everything is and my washer broke, you know, be grateful that I have a warranty and that I mm-hmm. have a repairman right. that can well, come. You can yeah. Pay for the repairman to show up and fix it for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's not, I mean, so this isn't an easy practice. It looks like a list where you just quickly jot some things down, but there's, there's a lot more to it. And I had some, um, I had some, an article about seven scientifically proven benefits of gratitude that will motivate you to give thanks year round. And one of them, it just said that it, um, and I think you'll like this, um, you know, grateful people sleep better was one of the things, Sandra. And I know you love your sleep and so do I, (laughs) but that, um, it can improve your sleep and, um, just spending 15 minutes jotting down a few grateful sentiments before you go to bed may help you sleep better and longer. And I thought that's true. Like you just can be satisfied, right? When you're living in gratitude, you can be a little bit more satisfied with your life instead of looking at the negatives or the deficits. It helps kind of Mm -hmm. just change your perspective on, on, on all that you do have. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we had a gratitude workshop in Austin. And I wanted yeah. to talk about that a little bit too. And, um, yeah. and I loved coming out to see you for that because that was just a real good excuse to, to get together. Uh-huh. Um, right. But we had like a handful of women. I don't know. How many would you say? Like eight to ten? In that room? I, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And yeah. for me, when I started doing the gratitude lists, um, because of my personality type, I wanted them, you know, I, I keep them in a journal so I can go back and revisit them. And they're kind of like old friends in my, in my, and they tell the story of my recovery. Uh, and so I illustrate them and I embellish them and I paint them or I use pens and um, we wanted to share that with other people that, that, that can be kind of a, a, um, an outlet, a creative outlet for you is to keep a, a gratitude list and to, um, you know, find out what tools you like to use and you don't have to have a lot, you know, right. The workshop like took it a step further. So yeah, and, yeah made it sort of more like this is a practice that you can take home and cultivate and make it your own. Yeah. And I do a big journal right now, but you can do it in a little tiny notebook in your purse and always have it with you. Um, early on, I would illustrate lists, um, while I was sitting in 12 step meetings and I would, that's how I stayed in my seat was by doodling and drawing and kind of making a foundation so that when I came home, I could do my list. I never really did them in the meeting other than, you know, I was grateful that I was sober was usually the first thing that I put on my list for a while there. And, uh, that was a, a nice way for me to, to have a creative outlet and to, um, and to meditate. I've since adopted that, you know, my gratitude list is my meditation. Um, I don't sit on a pillow. I've tried and, and I'll continue to try, but I, I do it there at the kitchen table or at my desk or something and just sit there and kind of ruminate about the day or, or, or what's going on and, and, uh, and process it. But our workshop, we got to meet really nice women. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah, some of those women are, are my new Austin friends. Well. <laughs> I know. So, I want to be, yeah. be there. So taking, taking gratitude as an action and um, that, that has um, seeped out into other areas of my life. Yeah. In a positive, very positive way. Yeah. I mean, um, I can't stress enough how just this seemingly simple practice has changed so many things in, in, in my life. You know, the relationships that we've made there, the, you know, the, the bonding relationships we've made in our circle. Yeah. Absolutely. And to know what people are struggling through, um, and how they cope, you know, that's kind of shared within the list too. And so I learn it's, it's definitely a teaching tool, um, and a privilege, a privilege to read these lists. Yeah. Seeing how other people cope with things like, um, job loss or kids acting out or help issues or yeah marriages um mm-hmm. 
relationships, ups and downs. Um, it's been, it's become a very personal, um, close group, I think that we've formed. And mm-hmm. I think that's part of why I encourage people to start a gratitude circle. And it has become, you know, we don't add anyone to, we not that we don't add anyone. We haven't added anyone to new to ours for a while now. And it's just kind of settled into this safe place. And, mm-hmm. um, it does feel like a contract with one another, like that we, um, we're not anonymous to each other. However, I don't know that I'd be comfortable sharing some of the things that I'm sharing. Um, well, that's not true. I'm sharing it on Instagram. So I guess, I am. um, oh, but, but right. my lists have shifted since I, I shame them, yeah, share them publicly. I, probably, I share some things in there that I don't, you know, share with everyone. So yeah. it really is a place to be really honest. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you don't do 12 step or, you know, it's, it's, uh, um, I would definitely encourage, um, anyone to start one. Um, I think having a gratitude practice is a great accompaniment to 12 step for just obvious reasons. But I think, um, it would be a great practice to engage in if you're not in 12 step because uh, you could just, you know, you would have a safe space to to bring things to. And um, I would highly encourage anybody to have um, a place, a safe place where they can, you know, talk about things they're struggling with and finding things they're finding gratitude in, you know, with anyone who um, doesn't have that already. It's very vital to recovery. I think it's all, it's like a, an accountability partner in, in a mm-hmm. way like mm-hmm. you it, to do a list by myself. I, I I'm pretty self-disciplined in terms of my projects. So I think, I think I would do it. Um, but what I get out of the group, um, is this added bonus that I would not get if I just kind of kept a solitary list to myself. I, I learn from mm-hmm. all of the ladies that are in the circle. So, um, that practice, yes, the, the, the community of it, I feel is, is really important to my recovery and has really been a wonderful, um, yeah, a touchstone every day to kind of go and look at that list, especially when I, I was gone the last few days and having a hard time. And I would go back and go look at the lists and see what everybody was sharing and connect and, you know, write a little something back to someone and think like, okay, I am connected. I am tethered to my community. And mm-hmm. when you can't get to a meeting or when, you know, however people recover or practice, like for me, that's like a little quick, um, touchstone. It's just like, yep, they're, uh, they're mm-hmm. walking the walk and that helps me walk my walk. Right. I find great right. strength in it. Um, I, I ran across this quote by Brené Brown, um, that I really liked that kind of talked about gratitude in it. And she said, I don't have to chase extraordinary moments to find happiness. It's right in front of me if I'm paying attention and practicing gratitude. I like that. And it's so true, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Paying attention part, that's, that's, that's the key. Well, that's what I feel like the practice has, has um, shown me. Forced like you to, right. Not forced, but practicing it, you're also practicing paying attention. And that's like throughout the whole entire day um, in all of these little ways. And um, it's even hard. Like I'm sitting here trying to say it. It's like today's a new day. So I don't know what I'm going to be grateful for today as I walk through the day. But it's going to unfold. 
And it's Mm. like, you can't plan it either. You know, I'm grateful I woke up. I'm grateful I had some quiet time. I'm grateful for this lovely cup of tea. Okay, those are some things. But what's going to happen is only going to, I'm only going to kind of learn from all that if I'm paying attention. Mm-hmm. And in recovery, I feel like we have that opportunity every single day to, to learn and to shift and to change. And yeah, by paying attention, that's huge. Mm-hmm. And by um, committing myself to kind of jot it down or even just make a mental note, that's not something that I did before when I was drinking. Mm-mm. I kept lists of other kinds. Right. <laughs> who's on my list? Who's, right. Who am I mad at? Who's, who, who am I going to gossip about? Today. <laughs> right. Those lists. Yeah, I had a lot of those, but that didn't serve me and that never made me feel good. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. Well, and then to even illustrate an example of how the the gratitude list practice has just how I've incorporated that that an attitude of that in my life is um, you know, I've talked a lot I've talked before about how um, you know, I'm a maker and Um, and I, not only do I have creative pursuits that I do for joy, I, there are things that I do creative, creatively for money. Um, I've, you know, made a semi career out of it. Um, and, uh, it's interesting when I have a week where I, where I do both. And, um, while I do find joy in the things I'm hired to do, um, I'm very lucky that I do enjoy that. When I get to do things like I'm going to do this afternoon, where I'm going to go out to my sewing studio and just make whatever, you know, whatever serves my my heart's purpose today, um, it makes me appreciate these moments even more because I have, you know, the days where I I kind of, you know, I mean, we all have a choice, but on the days where I, I feel like I, I, you know, have to make something as part of my job. And so just, um, being able to take both of those things in my hand and, and, and it, it just helps having that whole gratitude attitude of gratitude. (laughs) That sounds like something I picked up off of a poster but (laughs) having just having an attitude of gratitude it just sort of seeps into my entire day and all of my affairs absolutely did that make sense at all no it did it did and you can't you can't know that until you experience it you can't know that until you start practicing it I don't think right I definitely think that it's a it's a well it's it's just a practice um there was a there was something else in this little study that I was gonna I wanted to point out. It just I, I'm just gonna gloss over them. This is not I'm not gonna read this study, um, but it talked about like how gratitude opens the door to more relationships. Okay, that for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. I'm not for me. My attitude has changed since you brought up that um, towards people and mm-hmm. knowing that everyone you know is going through something. And that, mm-hmm. you know, that man at the post office that I love so much that kind of is holding up the line all the time, he, um, I, who knows what he's going through? Right. Who knows what's happening at home? Who knows that this is his only human contact for the day and that the postmistress is giving him undivided attention and he takes it 
And I sit there and I, I know before I would be so impatient and having this whole story go on in my head. Cause you know, that's not very nice. It doesn't sound like, it doesn't make me sound like a very nice person, but I'm judgment. Why is he going on and on? Why is he taking so long? Instead now I'm like, there's more going on here. You know, this is his day. Mm-hmm. This is probably the right. highlight of his day. Yeah. This is where he gets to connect with other humans. And that, and that has changed. And I mean that, like I authentically mean that I think that now about people more often than not. Whereas before it was the other way around. Mm-hmm. And while I'm not perfect and I'm definitely get frustrated still, I try not to go there. And, mm-hmm. and especially when things are dark or hard in my own life, you know, cause I'm always thinking like, doesn't everyone know? Like, like when my friend passed away, I keep talking about this because this is, this is the, one of the hardest things that's ever happened to me. And I keep thinking when I was walking through the airport after she died and people were annoying, like loud or on their cell phones or cutting us off and not giving us room. I was like, don't they just know my friend just died? No, they don't. Mm -hmm. And that shifted it for me that like, I don't know what people are going through and that I could take a different look at the world, um, based on this hard experience that just happened to me. And the farther I get away from it, I hope I don't forget that. You know, and I think that's why doing the practice and writing a list and trying to live in gratitude for me, um, without sounding preachy, it just, it, 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 it has just changed my life. And I'm, well, and what a different way to live than we used to live. I mean, I didn't think about other people that much. No, I really, it was the Sandra show. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I like the new song. I like the new season of the Sandra show. <laughs> I like that Sandra show, but yeah, I get it. Yeah. Or I thought about people, but not in this way. Uh-uh, I gave no. a lot of time to telling other people what they should do and how they should live and what's wrong with that person. And, you know, total judgy McJudge pants I would wear all the time. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And um, while those pants come out every once in a while, I try to put them right back in the closet because that doesn't serve me, I know. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a process. This isn't an event to just now I'm just grateful for everything. You know, like with everything with recovery, it's kind of this evolution. Right. Yeah. You know, like um, like Sean Korn said, you know, sometimes you have to go through the f you before you get to the bellagio and Mm. and you do you do yeah so it's definitely you know not just you're not just constantly riding on a rainbow (laughs) you know (laughs) thank you for this lice (laughs) but (laughs) right right no you're right yeah we we just got back from a family funeral and um it was the the i think how solid I feel in my recovery um, is showcased for me in a, in a speaking of shows um, it's showcased for me in those really hard times. And to, to know for me when I was at this, um, at this funeral, I was thinking, I am so grateful. I quit drinking when I did. Mm -hmm. I am so grateful. I no longer wake up with a hangover. I'm grateful that I asked for help. Yeah. I'm grateful that I um, am surrounded by my family right now and that I, um, I ha- have choices 
mm-hmm. and I get to make them for hopefully a lot longer. Although I know I'm just guaranteed, you know, just today is all we have. And I, this way of thinking, I think the reason, I mean, you and I have initially talked about this is just that I didn't used to think this way at all. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really lame. <laughs> if I'm being honest, you oh, know, yeah. I thought people who talk like we're talking right now, that's why it's just so, you know, I, no one is more surprised than me about how I <laughs> feel. Um, there was, you know, and it's kind of that spiritual component that I resisted my whole life. I mean, I was seeking it, but I resisted it. And um, I just, there was another quote I wanted to share um, by Eckhart Tolle that said, um, it is through gratitude for the present moment that the spiritual dimension of life opens up. And I feel that. <laughs> as much as oh, I resisted sure. it, I feel like my life. Right. It was like a gift that I didn't want, but (laughs) luckily I, you know, I was gifted it and I received it because it was certainly, I'm with you. It was a gift that I did not want, um, or that I didn't think I wanted, but, um, yeah, I really relate to what you said about, you know, really is showcased in the really, really dark times. I mean, I, you know, I, I was eight months sober when my father passed away, and boy, that was a totally different experience than um, than I would have experienced had he passed away, you know, only nine months prior to that moment. So, mm. yeah, uh, yeah, I'm so so grateful, and yeah, that that spiritual dimension of my life was very open at that moment. And, uh, you know, it certainly wouldn't have been, um, because I certainly wouldn't have been practicing any moment of gratitude in that moment, um, had I not been, you know, sober. So it all goes together for me. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, this episode could be, you know, it's, it's a little bit, um, I want listeners to know that there's super dark times and that recovery isn't all, like you said, riding a rainbow or unicorns or cupcakes. It's like, it's hard, but when it's hard, it's when I think you can dig in the deepest and you can find that gratitude. I think you can, um, you can be grateful that you're struggling on a Friday night, but that you're present either for your family or that you're not on the road or that you aren't getting a DUI or that you're not embarrassing yourself at the bar down the street or passing out on the bar. You know, that's me. That was what I was doing. Um, I'm grateful I'm not driving around with my kid in the car. Um, You can, even though in that moment it feels like all you want to do is have a drink, you can still find gratitude in that moment and not pick up. And I think that was the most surprising to me. Like that, that the darkest times, the hardest times, um, when I was in crisis, that I could, or anxiety. I used to suffer from a great deal of anxiety before I quit coffee. And it would just, if I could center myself and fi- figure out like why I was spinning out. Um, and I'm grateful that at least I had, I was spinning out at home or that I was spinning out at a bookstore and when the bar was next door that I wanted to go to. Um, I'm grateful that I was, you know, standing up sober, had this many days behind me of sobriety, you know, even if it was just two, you can just, you can just kind of melt into that moment of a hard time and you can still find it. It's always available. You can make another choice today. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's um too that I can make another choice. And it's accessible. And it's mm -hmm. free. <laughs> you know? And it's all self care. Once I started making those lists, that felt like the biggest self care item that I was doing, you know, for a long time. Taking care of my mental kind of uh order. Kind of getting me geared mm -hmm. up for the day. That's why I like doing them in the morning. For me, it's like my foundation. Ah, oh, have we talked about it enough? I think we have. <laughs> <laughs> We're just kind of winging it today and giving you our true feelings about it. And just didn't, you know, we didn't want to script anything too much. I know I read a couple of quotes, but we just really wanted to share like kind of, we do this practice and we kind of live in gratitude and we're hoping that it resonates. Yeah, and I'll be, I'll be really um, excited to hear about any gratitude circles that anyone decides to initiate from hearing this conversation. I, I hope that it does inspire anyone to start one. Um, you don't even need that many people, really. It could be two people, you know, two of you. Um, but it's such a cool practice. Um, so my dog's barking like a lunatic right now. <laughs> Sorry. Nothing I can do about that. This is recording a podcast, I guess. <laughs> um, so let's quickly go through our three favorite things that are in our unruffled toolbox and let's call this a show. <laughs> but, um, okay. Sandra, uh, why don't you jump in and tell yours if you don't mind? Okay. Well, okay. So my first one, um, my, the, First item in my unruffled toolbox, things that have kept me calm and not agitated the last couple of weeks, is that I have had a few coffee and lunch dates with friends, and I, I, you know, I can swirl around in my isolation like anybody, <laughs> and um, and and enjoy that. I I enjoy that. I do like being alone and. Um, I like puttering about. It's actually my favorite thing to do, but um, we need connection. We are humans, and humans need connection. And uh, I've had some just some great coffee dates, lunch dates with friends in the last couple of weeks, and uh, those have really those have really kept me going. They've broken up the monotony, and um, I just really enjoyed them. So I that's like my that. first one. I was yeah. doing that every Friday um, for a while there, the last few months before school got out, because Friday was my free day. And it was so, it was gold. It was really good. You're right. Mm -hmm. That connection and making an effort. And it was either with people in recovery or, or not, you know, just making female yeah, connections for me. Yeah. 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 Um, good. So mine is, uh, I got a new soda stream. Nice. Um, I had no idea how nice. So I'm, uh, I live, in, I've shared in a tiny house. So I, I have about 900 square feet in our kitchen. We don't have a lot of room for appliances. So I have to be very intentional with what we bring into the house. Um, but every week, I mean, I've been sober almost two and a half years. I've been buying so many canned bubbly waters, right? Different LaCroix and these little Perrier's that I like. And so my kid drinks that now too, doesn't drink soda. He likes the Perrier's, no sugar added. 
Right. All of us, all four of us. Yeah. yeah. And so now my husband, he's been drinking way more bubbly water with us too. So we've been going through a lot. So for the three of us, I was going through about four cases a week of Perrier, um, uh, sparkling water. And so mm-hmm. after we talked to Tiffany Hahn on a couple episodes ago, uh, I looked, I talked to my husband about the soda stream and I was like, you know, we are so good. I don't use plastic bags for anything. I am really, uh, conscious, conscious of kind of waste in our house. That's why, a lot of cans. Why yeah. am I doing this? You know, and, yeah, and same here. Uh, I need to get one. It, but, mm-hmm. but there was some, it's taken this long for me to figure that out. Right. So I, I just thought, well, what's the cost? I don't want another appliance. And so, um, but we looked at the dimensions. It doesn't plug in. There's no plug to it. You can kind of move it around where it needs to be. Oh, um, cool. yeah. There's just like a, I'm not even going to tell you what it is. My husband put it together, like a CO2 cartridge, kind of a big one. Anyhow, oh, so okay. it's cool. fantastic. And we, the first time we used it, I was like, this is amazing. What have I been doing? And so that's my, that's my share. Soda stream. And it tastes good. Tastes great. Tastes good. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's, mm. I'm not, there, I guess you can do flavors and things to it. I have zero interest in doing that because I don't need more contraptions or packets or whatever you need for that. So no, just plain lemon, just plain. Yep. Just lemon. Yeah. Okay. So my number two is, um, just, you know, one that I go back to all the time. I, I've done it every morning pretty much since without fail for the past three years. Um, so it's a, just something I'm all, I always keep in my toolbox, but that is just my morning meditation. And, um, it's not fussy. Uh, I don't sit on a meditation pillow, even though I make really adorable meditation pillows. (laughs) Um, I'm usually just, uh, in my recliner by the window, or sometimes I even stretch out on my bed and, um, I just think about my intentions for the day, or I usually have some kind of mantra that I've made up that I um, kind of repeat over and over in my head, like make me a channel or um, help me see creative opportunities in my life today, something like that. And um, I focus on that for about five minutes and it just, I just, you know, like everybody talks about meditation, it just centers me. And, um, and it's a, it's really important. If I don't do it, I feel less than center. I feel off center. That's a good way to start the day. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. My second one one is, I don't know if it's really something that keeps me calm or not agitated, but it's something that brings me a lot of joy. And in recovery, what I've been trying to do is support other makers and artists, um, small independent artists. And so I just got myself this beautiful clutch um, by artist and textile designer named Erin Flett. And we can link, we'll link to that in the show notes, but it's, um, she hand does hand printing on, um, linen, beautiful, crisp brown linen. 
And this is a hot pink um, design that's on mine and beautiful uh, yellow zipper and little leather pull. And it's just beautiful. And by supporting these artists that I'm finding, I'm finding artists in recovery, but just independent small artists anyway, it just makes me really happy, especially as um, a new artist who's trying to sell her work as well. So I, I'm trying to scratch their backs, I guess. And um, yeah, she's a she's got a wonderful portfolio and the link that we'll put in the show notes just takes you to her catalog and it's homewares um, um, and purses and pillows and hand towels, beautiful things. So I love Aaron that. Flett. I love that. I love supporting uh, small makers and artists. That's always a win-win. Win-win. Um, okay, so my third one is um, I have been uh, I've been changing up the way I eat lately. Um, normally, food conversations are a little boring to me, only because it's to me, you know, whatever works for you. Um, but one thing I do know is that sometimes, you know something you've done forever that has worked forever can uh, suddenly stop working. And, uh, you know, and then nothing's going to change if nothing changes. And I, I feel like been a low carb eating person for a very long time, like 20 years. And mostly just because, um, it felt better. I don't, maybe I don't process carbs. I don't think I'm celiac, but, um, Anyway, high starchy stuff has never totally agreed with me. And so uh, I've been pretty low carb, but I lately I have not been feeling good. Like in the last year, I mean, feeling fine, but just uh, afternoon crashes and this like intense brain fog, stuff like that. And I'm just not feeling super good in my body, not having a lot of energy. And so... I'm doing a food elimination experiment and um, I cut out meat, dairy, and wheat. I'm cutting that out for 30 days just to see how I feel. And spoiler alert, I feel really good so far, which was my biggest fear. (laughs) I would feel good. Darn it. Now (laughs) I might have to keep going. I don't know. I'm not going to future trip it. But, um, but yeah, just experimenting with recipes has made me feel creative in the kitchen again, which is really fun. I love to cook and I mean, I'm not in there like making my own stuff. I'm just using other people's recipes, but it's been really fun this week, this past week. Lots of fun. So that's my third one. Yeah. And that you look like you made a grain free granola that you shared on Instagram. And I would totally love if you could link, maybe put that in the show notes because that looked phenomenal. And I would like that recipe. (laughs) Looks really good. Um, so to give you one more thing to do, Sandra, right? Like you want one more thing to do. Can you help me out? (laughs) Right. (laughs) No, I'll post the recipe. Like I said, it's not even mine. Although, uh, it's such an easy thing. You can almost kind of modify it with whatever you have. You don't have to go by the, I've kind of changed it up and just used what I had, but, um, but yeah, it's delicious. I'm a little bit addicted to it. It's real good. Looked good. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the third thing for me is um, kind of a, a, a simple thing, but um, I bought these empty kind of roll-ons, um, you know, for essential oils, 
kind of like how we used to wear lip gloss back in the 70s, those kind of roll-ons um, for, uh, for lip gloss. It's, it's, I've been buying a t- couple of empty containers and putting my essential oils in there. And I had some essential oils sitting in my nightstand, and I realized that I didn't like using them because I didn't like how they felt on my hands. After I would put a couple drops and rub them, it, sensory-wise, I, it was just really, it was really um, just feeling funky to me. I didn't, I didn't like that at all. So mm-hmm. put them in the roll-ons, put them in my purse. I have a citrus blend that I really, really enjoy, and I also have a lavender blend. And I'm using them a lot more, I'm finding, I love because that. I've done it that way. Yeah, all my little favorite perfume oils are all in roller balls. Yeah. So I love yeah. that. Yeah, I love that. Can... Yeah. So that's simple. They were like a dollar, a dollar fifty at my little herbal store in town. I'm sure you can get them, um, you know, probably at you know, Whole Foods. You could probably buy them. They probably have some empty containers for that. Um, sorry, my dog's barking. Real life is happening around me here at home today. Um, so that's it. <laughs> There's a... We've had a lot of real life in this <laughs> podcast recording today, so yeah. we should apologize right now. The sound hasn't been great. We've had some Wi-Fi issues. We've had re-record chunks of it. Yeah, and my husband's <laughs> going to do his best to, you know, make the magic happen and splice it all together. But we're um, going to go with it. We're going with it. That's part of we being creative, right? For, for this attitude of going with it. Yeah, we have to. Um, good is, wait, done is better than good? Is that, is yeah, that how it goes? Yeah, done is better than good. <laughs> Our poor listeners. I heard like, her say that once. They're like, hmm, these ladies are not professionals. We just play one <laughs> on the internet every once in a while. Um, so thanks. Thanks for bearing with us. I hope it all go- comes together seamlessly. But if it doesn't, um, we are works in progress, and we are doing the things we're putting it out there. And that's sometimes yeah. what you have to do when you're making something. You have to just put it out there. Um, I did want to share a kind of exciting little milestone before we get off the, um, the call here. And um, I just counted up, you know, n- nothing very mathematical or with a calculator, but approximately we have about 10,000 downloads um, for our first 16 episodes. And I'm very proud of us. Me too. I can't hardly even wrap my head around that number, but... Yeah. It, it's awesome. It's exciting. I know. So thanks to those who are listening um, to our funky sound and, and our, um, you know, I think we're doing all right and getting really nice feedback from people. And if you want to be part of our secret Facebook group, friend us up on Facebook, Tammy Salas or Sandra um, Talbert Primo, and we will add you to that. And we're starting dialogue there talking about all things creative and recovery related. So It's a safe place, and you guys are more than welcome to join us. Is that it, Sandra? have you. That's it. That (laughs) is it. We have birthed this baby. (laughs) Let's sign off now. Felt like one. (laughs) We learn every episode, don't we? All right. Well, you have a great day. Later, yeah. Okay, bye. Bye. The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by NMMD. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designer Chris Aguirre. Thanks for listening.